return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Through us, all the speakers today, Lord, that we can all learn something about your word and help us grow and help us to continue every single day to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk today about seeking the kingdom of God. So, seek ye first the kingdom. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so, have you noticed that there's not a second? It doesn't say seek second anything else. We seek first the kingdom of God, and that's what we continue to seek every single day. Amen. And that doesn't mean that we don't have other interests and other things that we do. But in those things, we're seeking God through those things. We're living for the Lord through those things. And I think, you know, seeking God is a thing that really lacks in the body of Christ sometimes. You know, because it's human nature to be just after our own will. And it's human nature to do what we want to do. And this is, you know, what I'm going to do. This is my destiny, destiny for myself. But the Bible says we want to seek the kingdom of God first. Amen. A lot of Christians maybe go to church, say a quick prayer for their food or before bed or maybe while they're driving, but don't really seek the Lord. You know, and what what that is, is seeking the Lord, we do it in our quiet time. Amen. We do it when there's nobody else around, when there's no distractions. That's when we really can can be on our face before the Lord and seek Him. And I feel like it's been like that for a long time. You know, uh, back in Acts, when, when they were trying to figure out who was going to, when the, when the widows were getting lost in the shuffle and weren't getting food and weren't getting ministered to, you know, they, the, the, the apostles appointed people to do that. What did it say? So they could give their time to ministry and to prayer, right? And so, Every one of us has a ministry on this earth. Everyone has a ministry in our communities, in our, in our jobs. And so giving our time to seeking the Lord on decisions that we make and doing different things is very important. And uh, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.1 that in the last days perilous times will come, which means now more than ever we need, as Christians, need to seek the Lord. You know, there are things that we aren't going through yet, that other countries are going through persecutions and different things that will come to America. You know, and I don't know when that'll be, but I, know, I do know the Bible says to be ready. Amen. We want to be ready for those things. So it's important to understand that from the beginning, it was God's plan to have a relationship with us. That's why he created us. He wanted to have a relationship with us. He wanted us to love him, and he wanted to love us unconditionally, amen, and to fellowship with us often. Acts 17, 26, and the Amplified says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. This was so, they would, this, this was so that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grasp for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. 
For in him we live and move and exist. That is, in him we actually have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. So we were created. He made from one man every nation of mankind. Um, This was so that they would seek God. He made us to have a relationship. Amen. He made us to have this intimate fellowship with him and to seek him every day of our life. And, uh, and we were created to have this fellowship with God from the beginning. You know, so, again, a lot, of, a lot of the church, it's like there's, God is this distant being that they can come to every once in a while when they're in trouble. But other than that, he's just out there um, and he's just kind of watching and, and wondering when he needs to put his finger down and, and uh, control a situation. And I heard a, a story the other day. There's going to be a special on one of the radio stations, Christian radio station. And, and this guy had, had um, some... Amen. You look at in just natural relationships. Um, if I'm if I'm treating my spouse badly, do, does that mean that I really want to have this intimate, deep relationship with her? No, that's not. That wouldn't be the case, would it? I would be almost as I was treating her as property. Well, God doesn't treat us as property. Amen. He treats us as his children. He treats us as somebody that he loves, but. We have our own free will to go and come as we please. He just hopes that we stay with him. I mean, he hopes that we fellowship with him on a daily basis. And, uh, and so it's important to know, one, that he wants this relationship with us. And two, how we seek him, how we c- cultivate this relationship with the Lord. And I think there's three ways we can truly seek the Lord in our quiet time. And I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure everybody here knows these things. But the first thing is spending time in prayer. First Thessalonians 5.16 says, uh, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Amen. So we want to rejoice. And then it says we want to pray without ceasing. Amen. So what that means is we want to have a heart of prayer, an attitude of prayer, asking things of the Lord getting um, downloaded of knowledge and wisdom from Jesus in our prayer life. Amen. Praying continually, praying without ceasing, praying scripturally. Amen. I know there was years back, I was listening to uh, Kenneth Hagin, or I was reading a book on Kenneth Hagin, and there were a couple prayers in Ephesians that Paul had, one in Ephesians 1 and one in Ephesians 3. And so for about, I don't know, six months, um, I tried to in the morning and at night I would pray these prayers over myself. I enter my, in, put my name in 
into these prayers. And and what these prayers were about was just about more knowledge, more wisdom, that we'd be able to know the width and length and depth and height. Um, you know, all those things. And, and I found as I prayed those prayers that in my study time, all this revelation was coming to me. That I had, it was kind of like, it was pretty amazing that it's like the Lord was showing up because I was praying, one, the correct way. I was praying according to the scriptures. Amen. And he honors those things. He, you know, when we, when we draw near to him, he draw near, draws near to us. Amen. So he honors when we go and we, we search the scriptures and we do what he's told us to do. Amen. And he'll honor that in our lives. Hallelujah. That's why we say, you know, if you're fighting a, a, an illness or um, you know, something financially, you know, to go and search the scriptures for healing scriptures, healing verses, or verses on prosperity or finances, how the Lord takes care of us. And when we do those things, we really get a, a download of wisdom, amen, and a download of discernment from the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit knows our financial situation. He knows what we're going through emotionally and spiritually and mentally and physically. He knows the ailments maybe that we're going through. And he is an expert in those things. Amen? He's an expert in, in um, our respiratory system. Amen? He's an expert in economics. And so we can go to him, and when we seek him in prayer for these things, I mean, it's like this, down, you know, and it really is a download of, of knowledge and revelation and wisdom that he will give you when we do these things. Amen? So prayer consists of thanksgiving, because we want to first we enter his gates with thanksgiving, amen, enter his courts with praise, asking, declaring, and listening. Those are the kind of the four things that I always try to think about when I'm, when I'm praying to the Lord is, is okay, is, one, I want to be thankful for everything that I have. I want to give him thanks for listening to me when I pray, for hearing my prayers. The second thing is I want to ask, you know, I want to, if there's anything that I'm in need of, you want to ask the Lord for, amen? You know, I've, I've heard, and I've heard this, and it's, you know, it's, I always thought it was one of those things that was just on the movies, but I've actually had people tell me, well, God's too busy, you know, to answer my prayer. He has, there's bigger things to happen, and, and we really put God in a box when we say that, because nothing is impossible and nothing is too big for the Lord, Amen. Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. So it says anything that we ask for when we pray, which means that he's, he's told us to ask. Whatever, the Bible says, whoever lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach. Amen. And so when we ask for him, that's not a selfish thing. If I ask for more wisdom or if I ask, you know, if I'm, if I'm hurting financially, I say, Lord, I just thank you for a financial blessing. And I'm doing things in the natural that the Bible's told me to do, like tithing and different things. And I ask him, well, he is faithful, amen. Whatever things, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So this isn't just the type of prayer that we have just a few minutes before work. Not that God doesn't move through those prayers. But I'm talking about a prayer when we really seek the Lord, when we're really spending time with him and only him done with no distractions. Matthew 6 says that when we pray, go into our room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Amen. And it says he'll reward us openly. Hallelujah. 
So we pray to him in secret. We ask things in secret. He rewards us openly. It's about earnestly desiring God's will for your life. Amen. It is not Christ. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ who lives through me. Amen. That should be our prayer every day that, Lord, I don't want to live today. I want you to live through me. I want your actions to come out. I want your personality and your character to come out of me. Amen. Hallelujah. And then, you know, declaring. Deb on, on Wednesday night had a bunch of declarations that we want to declare over our minds and our thoughts and over this maybe a victim mindset that sometimes we have. Amen. But we, what we're doing, we're declaring things over our lives that we're saying, so be it. Yes, because his promises are yes and amen. Right? And so when we declare things, you know, he's up there saying yes, yes, amen. He's agreeing with you on these declarations that you're making about yourself. Amen. The other thing, the last thing, and one of the, one of the most important parts of seeking the Lord is listening. Revelations 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And I look at that scripture and I think, okay, so he stands at the door and knocks at our heart, right? And he stands there and he knocks and he wants to come in. He's not pounding on the door, but he's, he's just knocking. He's regularly knocking. And if I'm distracted, if I have, you know, so to speak, the spiritual music up and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not listening, I'm, I'm distracted by other things, then I'm not going to hear him knocking. But what's the, the key part? Is that anybody that hears him knocking, amen? If anybody hears his voice as he's saying, hello, I'm, I want to get in, amen? And we have to go and open the door. It says then he's going to come in and dine with us and, and we with him and he with us, amen? And so it's important that when we pray that we listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. Amen. There's a joke about uh, a guy that's on his on his uh, boat out in the middle of, of the ocean, and uh, something happens. He hits a hits something, or and the boat starts to sink. And and he says, "It's okay. My God will save me." And and so this boat comes by, and he's like, "Hey, come, you know, get on the boat." And he's like, "No, it's okay. My my God will save me." Then the second boat comes by. He's like, no, it's all right. My God will save me. And, and so anyways, the boat sinks and the guy drowns. And he gets up to heaven. And he said, Lord, why didn't you save me? And God said, well, I sent you two big boats. Amen. Sometimes that's how it is. We can, be, we can think that our way is the best way to deal with the situation. Or we think that the Lord's going to show up in this way when really he's going to show up maybe in a more practical way in our life. So it's important that when we pray that we listen and we, and we take the practical advice that he gives us. Amen. And it might not, it's, it, there's a good chance it's not going to be audible. It might be something in your spirit that you just, or an idea like, hey, this would probably work. Or it might come through your spouse. Amen. It might come through your kids. Hallelujah. The Lord can use anybody. He will use anybody. Amen. So we want to listen to what the Lord is trying to say to us. The second thing that he's called us to do is fast. Amen. And fasting goes hand in hand with prayer. And, and all fasting is, is denying your physical body something and elevating something that your spirit needs. Amen. So 
the most common type of fasting or what you hear about in the Bible is fasting food, fasting meals, right? And, and you know, you see a lot of times where, where people will go on a fast, but they won't incorporate anything that's going to help their spirit. It's just not eating. <laughs> At that point, it's just not eating, right? When we go on a fast and we don't elevate our spirit, um, then it's not doing our spirit any good. Yeah, you might lose some weight, right? But you're not doing anything to help your spiritual growth. And that's what fasting is all about. I just want to spend that whole hour with the Lord. I'm just going to seek Him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read the Word. I'm going to do something that's going to draw me near to Jesus. Amen. Uh, Moses fasted when he was seeking the Lord. Jesus fasted 40 days while the angels ministered to him in the wilderness. Amen. There's a, you know, one thing about fasting is there's a war that constantly goes on with our flesh and with our spirit. I mean, there's, the flesh always wants to get the upper hand. The spirit always wants to get the upper hand. And what fasting does is it says, no flesh. I'm going to put you down. You're not going to rule me. You're not going to control my life. I'm going to elevate the spirit over my flesh. And it doesn't have to be food all the time or necessarily. But if there's something in your life that you feel as trying to get above your time with the Lord or trying to, you know, whatever it is, maybe for... Um, for some of us as our phones or on Facebook or different things like that, and just saying, well, this would be usually the time I would hop on my phone and I would be on Facebook, but instead I'm going to actually go and I'm going to actually read the Bible. I'm going to actually pray. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. All of those things are good. Amen. Because what it does do, it keeps our flesh down and it keeps us humble so we can exalt the Lord in our spirit. Amen. If your flesh is stronger than your spirit, man, if there's a decision to be made, the flesh, more often than not, will win. But if we start to feed our spirit and, quote-unquote, starve our flesh or put our flesh down, then our spirit starts to become stronger than the flesh. And we start to walk in the spirit. Amen. And that's a good place to be is walking in the spirit instead of walking according to the flesh. Luke 2, 36 uh, through 38 says, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was a great age and had lived with a husband uh, seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers day and night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption. 
in Jerusalem. And so what she was every day she was seeking God. She was praying. She was fasting. She wanted to serve God to the best of her ability to her. You know, our, we have natural limitations on earth. And so we can serve the Lord to the best of our ability. And what did the Lord do? He rewarded her. He let her see who is coming, the Messiah, the Christ that would come and save the world. Amen. So Jesus was presented in the temple at 40 days old, as was custom in those times. And she fasted and prayed that night, day and night. She was shown by God that Jesus was the Redeemer. The Lord revealed this to her when she saw Jesus at only 40 days. But it was through prayer and fasting that the Lord revealed these things to her. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if you want something revealed to you, if, you want some, if there's a, a revelation that you don't feel like you have yet, that you really want, maybe it's, maybe it's patience, maybe it's you just lack joy, or you feel like you have joy, but you want to have this amazing, awesome joy that God has for us, I encourage you to pray and to fast. Put your flesh down and, and exalt your spirit and look at scriptures and, and just seek the Lord, ask for joy, ask for more joy, and then believe in our heart that we have it. Amen. That's an important part because the Bible says if we, any, if, if we make any requests of God and we just suppose that he's going to do it, then it says that we're a double-minded man and we're unstable in all of our ways. So if we just ask and we say, well, he might do it, he might not, even though it's his will, then what is it? It's saying that we're, we're unstable, we're double-minded. We're not probably going to a lot of times get the things that we want from the Lord. We're not going to be able to um, get the revelation and the knowledge of those things because we don't fully believe that he's going to give it to us. Amen. And we need to fully believe. We need to be uh, fully convinced, amen, with our faith through Jesus Christ that he will do the things that he said he was going to do. So you can see how important fasting is and how important it is in seeking God for things that uh, maybe we're lacking in our life. And again, it's not just food. It might, be, it might be something else. It might be, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever you like to do, whatever your flesh loves to do, watching a TV program or, you know, anything. I know there's been times, you know, I love, I love football and basketball and I like watching those things. But I know there's been times where I just felt like, wow, I'm, I'm really spending a lot of time doing this. I need to do something else. And so, you know, there's been times where there's a, so Vikings are my favorite team and there's a Vikings game on and I just say, nope, for this first half, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to fast or I'm not going to fast. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to read the word. I'm not going to watch the game. And what really puts my flesh down because it's saying, no, you're, this is not more important than what I'm doing for the Lord today. Amen. And so it's important that we do that. We need to let our flesh know who's boss. We need to let our flesh know that it's not more important than our spirit. And then the third thing is meditating on the scriptures. So meditation is more than just reading the Bible. It's more than just, just reading it quickly with all these distractions and then checking it off of our read the Bible through a year list. But what it is, it's thinking about what you read, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you by being open to the things of the Lord. And so we want to be open to what he has for us. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How many times in the Bible Jesus says, those of you who have ears to hear, let them hear. 
Amen. And so we want to hear what the word of the Lord is saying to us as we read the word. Because the Bible is all full of prophecies for your life. It's full of revelation. It's full of things that he wants you to know about yourself and about him. Amen. Seeking the Lord is immersing ourselves in the Bible. There's safety in the word. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. But it all starts with abiding in the word, abiding in him in the safety of the word. Amen. And it says that even when we do that, that, that God is glorified. When we spend time with him, he is glorified. He loves spending time with you. And it says that when we read the word, that we bear much fruit. When we stay and we abide in, in the word, in Jesus, when we stay close to him, we bear much fruit and we'll be his disciples. The word abide in the Greek word is minnow, which means to continue or to dwell, endure, be present, remain, and stand. So just think if we, if we think about those things as when it comes to the word, it means that we continue in the word, that we dwell in the word, and that we endure in the word. I know sometimes you're looking for an answer from the, from the Lord, and it could be frustrating maybe even. That it's like, oh, why, why can't I just get this answer? Why, why is this not happening for me yet? No, but we are supposed to endure. Amen. We're supposed to, be, supposed to be present in the word. There's times where I have to go back and I have to reread because my mind is somewhere else as I'm reading. But we want to be present with the Lord. Remain in the word. Stand on the word. All these are good things to do when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to seeking the Lord. Amen. The Word of God needs to be our dwelling place if we're earnestly seeking the Lord. Proverbs 6, 20 uh, through 22 says, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak to you. Amen. That pretty much takes care of our whole 24-hour day, doesn't it? <laughs> when we roam, when we're, when we're going about our day, when we're at work, when we're at church, when we're at the grocery store, when we're roaming, amen, they will lead you. They will lead you maybe to somebody. They'll lead you to witness or they'll lead you to have a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. You know, how many times have you gone out and, and somebody gives you just a little snippet of what they're going through? And sometimes you just don't know what to say. Well, when, we, when we're in the Word, He gives us things to say. He leads us. Amen. When we sleep, they'll keep you. We can have peace when we sleep. Isn't that a novel idea? Having peace, not, not being anxious, not having to wake up every half an hour because something's on our mind. And when we awake, they speak to us. Amen. Maybe sometimes you get up at 2 o'clock in the morning because... You feel the Lord has, is trying to download something in you, and He wants you to write it down. Amen. He speaks to us through His Word. Hallelujah. Amen. And then just real quickly, I want to talk about um, just some things that, um, you know, how we seek Him. The most effective ways to seek the Lord. And I don't have very much time, so I won't be able to go too deep into it. But the first thing is to be persistent. Amen. We don't want to just read the Bible and then we put it on the shelf for another time. But no, we want to, if, if, you try, if you want a revelation of something, 
be persistent in seeking the Lord. Amen. There's a there's a parable he told about uh, if let's see if I can remember it um, about the lady who goes to the. Anyways, it's about persistence. I can't. I'm I'm drawing a blank right now, but she continues to ask, and and the the landowner gets starts getting annoyed and just gives her what she wants, you know. And he and he likened that to us going to him. Not that he gets annoyed with us, but the more persistent we are, the more he's going to relent. And he's going to, uh, you know, whatever we desire, he's just he's going to give us freely. Amen. So we want to continue to be persistent. The second thing is we want to be willing to change. We have to be willing to change if we're going to seek God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But with all and with an unveiled face, beholding is in a mirror the glory of the Lord, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And that, that word transformed, and Deb's talked about it a lot, this metamorphosis of, of our mind. But if we're not willing to be transformed into the same image from glory to glory, then we can seek him, but we're not going to get the fullness of what he wants for us. Amen. He'll give us revelation. He'll give us wisdom and knowledge, but then we have to go out. We have to use those things to be transformed into his image, changed from glory to glory. Amen. He wants to take us higher. He wants to have a better relation, uh, revelation of who he is. Amen. Psalm 14.2 says, The Lord has looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, act wisely, who truly seek after God, longing for his wisdom and guidance. So again, being persistent. The third thing, real quick, we want to be passionate. Mark 10.46, and let's just start... We'll start at the beginning. Now they came to Jericho. He went out of Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And he called the blind man saying, be of good chair, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. So what was blind Bartimaeus? He was passionate, wasn't he? He was passionate. He, was, he continued to press into what Jesus was doing there. And I love, I've heard a sermon on this, but he threw away his garment. He threw away the expectation of the world off of him. And then he ran to Jesus, somebody who had higher expectations. Amen? So when we're passionate, we're stripping ourselves of anything, of any identity that we think we have. And we're saying, my identity is in you, Jesus. I'm, I want to be only yours. I, my, I find all my identity in you. And that's what he was doing when he threw aside his garment. He said, I don't care what the world thinks about me. I don't care what I used to be. I know whose child I am now, and I'm going to run to the Father. And his faith made him well. His passion for what Jesus had for him made him well. Amen. And then the fourth thing, we want to put him above everything else. That's the most important. We want to put him up here, amen, and everything else down here. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. 
says, ask and keep on asking, it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find it. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be open. And so we go to him. Amen. We run to him. He is our lifeline. He is the guy here. He is Jesus Christ who we go to for every need that we have. The Bible says in Luke 10, 27, that we shall love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and with all our mind. So basically everything, we exalt him. Amen. We put him higher than anything else that we have in our life. Amen. Did you get something out of this this morning? Amen. We want to seek the Lord with passion, with persistence. Amen. Be willing to change. And I think that's probably the, the, one of the biggest struggles for all of us, just being willing to change. Sometimes it's easy to think, well, I've told you the story about when I first came to college. I thought, well, I knew everything. I was a pastor's kid, and I had grown up under the Word, and I just knew it all. You know, but, but little by little, the Lord was showing me things that, no, you don't know this, and you don't know this, and this person has a good message for you. You should take that in, and, and you should... What was, I, what was it happening? I was changing my thinking. I was changing my heart. Amen? So we want to be able to be willing to change to may our will be what God's will is. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that, that you allow us to come and seek you. That we can actually have a relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. And so we thank you that, that Lord, we don't take that relationship for granted, but we continue to draw near to you. Lord, that you draw near to us when we draw near to you, Lord. And I just thank you that this week we can meditate on your word. We can do things, Lord, that you give us revelation that we we're beyond our wildest dreams, beyond what we even thought we could know about you and about ourselves, Lord. We thank you that this week is a great week for us, Lord, that I just declare a blessing on everybody here today. I declare um, that they have joy and they have peace, Lord, that you give them patience, Lord, that they can reach out to you in any time of need, they can get what they need, Lord, that they can, that we have that relationship with you to do that, Lord. And I just pray just for the rest of the service today, tonight, Lord, that you continue to speak to our hearts as we seek you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.